Jess, a women's health enthusiast. I'm raising my family around the world, and like you, I'm a girl who's seeking solutions. And I'm Cody, a holistic health practitioner, functional nutritionist, and a period problem solver. Did you know that periods don't have to feel like a monthly curse? That's right. We want every girl to actually look forward to her time of the month. It's time we start seeing our periods as our girl superpower. Yep. We are here to change the conversations about periods. Let's talk. Well, hello again. This is Cody. I'm excited to get back on this week. I am going to do another solo cast this week because we had Mother's Day. Life just got crazy, but I wanted to also take a deep dive into a topic that I feel like is something that so many of you can relate to. I know I certainly do. And it just kind of feels like over the last couple of weeks, most of the clients that I've been seeing and working with in my practice, this is something that we are definitely dealing with and trying to um, improve in people's lives. And so what I want to talk today about is insomnia, all right? Insomnia is something that it can happen to everyone, but it's pretty it's pretty common for women, especially women over the age of 35. Um, it can happen though before that. It can happen when you are, you know, in your childbearing time of life. Um, so if you're in your 20s or whatever, when you're having babies or late 30s or whenever. That definitely can play a role um, into how well your body is able to get sleep and not just hours of sleep, but good quality levels of sleep. Um, Also, it's super common for women who are in perimenopause or menopause to be dealing with with insomnia. So I thought I want to dive in today and talk about some different hormonal-related reasons or causes, I should say, for insomnia and kind of get into maybe some strategies, give you guys some tips and things that you can implement in your life if this is something that is affecting you. Because, excuse me, sleep deprivation is very, very common, like I said, in the United States, but sleep is so important. It really is one of the main things that um, determines whether we're going to have healthy and balanced hormones, right? So, in the United States, um, you know, we're we're not unlike many other countries, but this is where this has been studied. But one in three people in the United States do not get enough sleep on a regular basis. And especially women with hormonal imbalances, they also, they just kind of encounter a lot of extra obstacles when it comes to getting healthy sleep. So things like hormone fluctuations, um, and like I said, this can come from like after having um, a childbirth, like your hormones are going to be all over the place. This can be if you are dealing with PMS or perimenopause or menopause, all of these things can create hormone fluctuations. Um, But also like pregnancy itself, you know, and a lot of times when you are in perimenopause or menopause, you're dealing with things like hot flashes. So even the symptoms themselves um, are going to throw a wrench in whether you're getting good sleep or not. So getting good high quality sleep, like I said, helps women to balance hormones. It also helps you to erase period problems. And it's not only is it going to help us feel our best, but it's also going to help us to look our best, right? It's going to help us to be able to age well. And so I just, my biggest thing is that sleep 
matters, okay? So whether you think it matters or not, let me just tell you, it matters a lot. And so, like I said, I want to outline why good sleep matters and how it actually can affect your menstrual cycle. I want to give you ideas of how you can get more sleep, good high-quality sleep, um, you know, for reasons like it's when our body is like detoxing, especially for our brain. It's it's important for our brain health as well. Um, and in order to be able to like show up the next day and be your best and do your best, you need to be able to get good quality sleep. All right. So I'm going to tell you my sleep story just a real quick, see if some of you guys can relate. About in my mid-30s, um, I was, you know, it's a stressful time in life. I had two teenage daughter or two teenage children, I should say. Um, So that's stressful in and of itself. We were running a couple of businesses. We had changed. We moved from California to Utah. Um, I was a personal trainer, so I was getting up really early every morning, and I was working hard all night. I was training for Ironman triathlons, and so my training schedule was crazy. And I didn't think that I was being too affected by it. I mean, I pretty much would have maybe two to four hours of sleep every night. (laughs) And I know that sounds crazy. I think back and I'm like, why did I not think that there was anything wrong with that? I mean, obviously I knew that I felt better if I got sleep, but I kind of almost like prided myself in thinking, man, I guess I just don't need to get that much sleep in order to perform well. And um, so I, cause I could, I could still get up in the morning. I'd still show up at the gym for my clients and have lots of energy. And I, you know, feel pretty happy and I'd still get through my tough workouts um, for training for myself. And then usually about like 3 or 4 p.m., I'd be like, okay, I need a nap. So I would lay down and this was good. I would get like a half hour nap and then I'd wake up and then I'd go back to work and not get home usually until 8 p.m. This was just a crazy time of life for me. But at the time, I just didn't think it was really going to have that big of an effect on me. But little did I know that I was just slowly breaking down, even though in my mind I wanted to think, oh yeah, no, I'm totally fine. Everything's just great. But by the time I was 39, all of a sudden it was like my body just completely just got slammed with all kinds of crazy issues. I started getting sick a lot um, and not just like a little sick. Like I ended up getting shingles. I ended up getting pneumonia. I ended up... Um, just getting all kinds of like these crazy illnesses that would knock me down for like months at a time. And it wasn't just like, oh, I don't feel well. It was literally like the thought of me then like having to get up out of bed to even, I remember to even walk to go to the bathroom felt like overwhelming. Well, what had happened is that over this course of not getting enough sleep and kind of living in this like highly stressed um, state for so long, I completely burned out my adrenal glands. And by doing so, what it did is it helped, it caused me to burn out my thyroid gland as well. Okay, so what I want to talk about is one of the, I'm going to talk about four hormone related causes of insomnia. And the first one that I wanted to mention is adrenal dysregulation. Okay, so we have kind of talked a little bit about um, the adrenal glands. And their role in our body and our hormonal health. Um, But just to kind of go over it just a little bit more, our adrenal glands are, they're the glands that control our stress response, okay? So you can tell that I was going through all this high stress, you know, time in my life. And so my poor little adrenal glands were just working overtime with no rest, right? And so 
these adrenal glands, they control our stress response and they also kind of, um, they, they're the system that kind of keeps balance between our fight or flight um, responses and our body's um, response to fl- fight or flight is cortisol, right? Cortisol production. So our adrenal glands also, they regulate our body's production of cortisol. All right, so let's talk about cortisol a little bit, just because it plays a huge role in whether we are having healthy and happy periods every single month and whether our body is going to be able to get good quality sleep. So cortisol, you're supposed to have surges of cortisol throughout the day. During the day, that's normal, but at night, you're not supposed to have any. And so, but when the adrenal system is out of balance, what happens is that actually the opposite happens. And you'll start having things where you're waking up in the morning with low low cortisol. And then, but at night or in the evening, especially right before bed, that's all of a sudden where you're going to start feeling this like peak um, production of it. And so you'll, a lot of my clients will describe this feeling like they're just exhausted. They didn't sleep well the night before. Um, they've been go, go, going all day. They're so exhausted, but they kind of almost have this like wired but tired kind of feeling right before they go to bed. So then they have this really hard time um, falling asleep. And so they have a hard time actually going to sleep, but then if they do end up being able to fall asleep, a lot of times they'll still wake up in the middle of the night and can't go back to sleep. So then they you know, start this whole vicious cycle where they wake up in the morning feeling groggy and they have no energy to go and start their day. So cortisol is one of the body's master hormones. And when it's dysregulated, like I just described, then what happens is that the body's other master hormones like insulin estrogen and progesterone, they also become dysregulated too. So if you want to heal your hormone imbalances, and you know we talk a lot about on this podcast about how to erase and get rid of our period problems, things like your acne, your bloating, you know, heavy or irregular periods, and you know, all of those PMS symptoms that we talk about, um, you have to address adrenal fatigue. And that means making sleep a huge priority, okay? So this is why I feel like this is such an important topic for me to discuss here on this podcast because it has so much to do with how well we feel, um, especially during that time of the month, right? So let me talk about a little bit how you would know if you have problems with your adrenal glands, okay? So if you get a a really good night's sleep and let's say you go to bed, it's like 10 p.m., you sleep a full uninterrupted eight to 10 hours. This would be a dream, (laughs) no pun intended. But you still then wake up in the morning and you feel like like you're hungover. Like you almost feel like you didn't sleep at all, but yet you did. Your body actually was asleep for a good eight to 10 hours, which is plenty of sleep um, and is the recommended amount of sleep for women, but you still are feeling tired in the morning. That can definitely be a sign that you might be experiencing adrenal problems, okay? Some other symptoms that um, are kind of early stage adrenal dysfunction symptoms are things like um, noticing if your libido is a little bit lower, all right? Or you're noticing that when stress does come your way, and it can be any little thing, I mean, it really could be something that somebody says to you. It could be somebody pulling out in front of you or cutting a lane and while you're driving. It could be a sound, a loud sound. It could be so many different things, but you feel your heart like 
your heart rate goes way up and it has a hard time coming back down. So you're, you have like this inability to deal with stress in the way that you used to. Another sign is if you're having problems with concentrating and with memory, okay? So you walk in a room and you're like, why did I come in here? And this happens to everyone, but if it's happening on a regular basis and you're, you know, finding yourself like not being able to come up with certain words, you're just forgetting things, your memory is not quite what it used to be, then this is definitely a symptom of early stage adrenal dysfunction. The other thing, like I mentioned before, is um, getting sick often. I... I never got sick, you know, for a really long time. But then during that time period that I just described earlier, I was like, if somebody had a cold, I would get that cold no matter like how good I was eating and all of that stuff. Um, and it would not just be a cold. It would like turn into pneumonia. It would turn into something worse, you know? And so that was a huge like sign to me that crazy stuff was going on that I needed to actually not just address um, my eating and all of the things that I normally would, you know, the strategies I normally would to keep my immune system strong. I actually needed to help my body to be able to deal with stress. And obviously, you know, if you're getting sick often, that means your body is not able to deal with stress very well. Another sign is if you are noticing a feeling of depression and it can be at many different levels, but if you're noticing just the, the typical signs of depression, just kind of a lackluster um, feeling towards life, um, less energy, maybe negative thoughts, you know, those kinds of things, that actually is associated with early stage adrenal dysfunction, like I mentioned. All right, so let's talk about the root causes of adrenal dysfunction. Um Several common factors that fuel adrenal problems are things like not listening to your body. Now, we talked, we had a whole podcast earlier about our body's internal clock, and it's called your infradian rhythm. And so, if you're not knowing what I'm talking about, then I recommend that you go back and listen to that podcast just to kind of understand. But I do think people are pretty familiar with the term circadian rhythm. That circadian rhythm is just basically our body's um, relationship with time. And, you know, it goes along with our wake and our sleep cycles, okay? And it's an internal clock that is supposed to tell us, you know, that we're tired. Um, and it's supposed to tell us when we need to sleep and when we need to wake. And, it, and if we work with it, then we usually function and feel our best. But um, women have an, another internal clock called the infradian rhythm, and it's very closely linked with our four phases of our menstrual cycle. So that's something that you really want to pay attention to. You want to make sure that you are aware of ways that you need to help support your body during each phase um, of our of our female cycle, you know, during every single month. And you also just want to be paying attention that you are doing things that go along with our body's natural circadian rhythm, okay? Our natural um, wake or sleep state. All right. So one of the things that actually can also um, kind of mess up our, our internal clocks is actually having imbalances in our gut microbiome. And I know this is something that you hear, which I'm so glad about. It's being talked about so much more lately because what we're finding is so many um, imbalances in the body, diseases in the body, things that we're dealing with can be linked to gut imbalances. 
So the reason is, is that, you know, we have this little, we have all these little bugs in our belly, right? And it's called our gut microbiome. And these little bugs are constantly having a little conversation going on with our organs and and glands and things in our body. So this would include our adrenal glands, okay? Now remember, our adrenal glands are the glands that produce our stress, um, you know, hormone cortisol. And so when the gut flora is imbalanced, um, it can fuel problems with the adrenal system. So for instance, like if you've heard of the term leaky gut syndrome, Um, leaky gut syndrome, if you have leaky gut syndrome, for example, then toxic substances that maybe food that you ate that wasn't fully digested or, I don't know, some type type of toxin that you took in either through mouth or through skin, what it can do is it can leak from our gut lining and then it goes into our bloodstream and then to the rest of our body where it shouldn't be. And so what happens is when it does that, it causes, it triggers inflammation. And then that inflammation really stresses our adrenal glands. And so our adrenal glands are pumping out our response to stress, which is cortisol, and it just starts to act erratically. So it's just something that you can see how there's so many different systems that are connected in this. So we can't just focus on, you know, one thing, but we got to think about why are our adrenal glands acting in this way and how can we help to send these kind of safety signals and um and help our adrenals to kind of calm down and not feel like they're under a stressed state. And one of the things that we can do in order to create that um, environment is to actually focus on making sure that we have good, healthy gut microbiome balances, okay? So you need to, you know, definitely make sure that you're paying attention to the types of foods that you're eating, but taking a good probiotic is very helpful, making sure that you're putting in the good bugs into your system. Also, make sure that you're eating lots of high fiber foods. And what that does is that helps to provide prebiotic foods. And that prebiotic or that fiber, um, fibrous foods is what feeds our good, healthy gut bacteria. Okay, so they need to eat and the healthier and stronger our good gut bacteria is, then the better they're going to be able to fight off the bad bacteria that sometimes enters our system and causes us to be in a stressed out state. So, all right. So let's talk about another big root cause. And that is, um, you know, being overtired and having poorly functioning adrenal system. It happens when we're not listening to our bodies and to listen to the signals that um, our body's giving us. It's telling us that it's time to rest. All right, so I go, I told you a little bit about my story, but this is just something culturally that, especially here in the United States, is just something that kind of we're trained to think that we're supposed to feel tired all of the time. Like this is something normal. Like that's it's almost like a badge of honor that we're <laughs> that we're tired. It means that we've been, you know, really pushing ourselves and trying to go big or go home, you know, that whole mentality. And so we don't think it's a problem to like overbook ourselves or overextend ourselves and I don't know, in a way it's like we if we stay busy it feels like we're going to achieve everything that we ever dreamed of achieving and that that's something to be proud of. But for the most part, actually, our brains can handle this. So this is kind of like what I mentioned before. Like when I was overextending myself, overbooking myself, um, my brain kind of was tricking me into thinking I'm handling it just fine because I wasn't having nervous breakdowns and I felt like I was keeping my emotions in check and sure I'm tired but of course I'm tired you know I just kind of had this little dialogue going on in my head but what 
is what's happening is that my brain is, you know, working in that way, but our adrenal glands are just a little bit more primitive than our brains are. And so even though maybe our brains might be handling these situations a little bit better, our adrenal glands, they can't. They don't really handle it and they tend to get burnt out very quickly with our modern day of life. And so we need to be aware of that. And so it's important for us to do everything we can to listen to our body, um, pay attention to our natural internal clocks or our natural rhythms. When we do feel tired, make sure that we pay attention to that and take appropriate steps. So whether that's clearing our schedule just a little bit more, maybe that's backing off of an intense workout for that day. Maybe that's uh, going to bed a little bit earlier, even though you know, it doesn't seem like it should be too late, you know, maybe it's just uh, avoiding some of the things that we put into our bodies with nutrition that, you know, uh, causes us to feel like maybe we have energy that's not really there. And I mean, mostly this comes from things like energy drinks and coffee and caffeine and stuff like that kind of gives us a false sense of actual energy. But what we're doing is we're putting a lot of stress on our poor adrenal glands. And that is something that definitely will lead to hormonal imbalance and and all of the PMS symptoms that I've talked about. And then obviously to insomnia, which is the topic of today's podcast. So let's go into um, another cause of insomnia, and that is PMS-related insomnia. I have a lot of clients that talk to me about how they sleep just great, but then right before that week before their period starts, they start noticing that they can't sleep at night. So I wanted to talk about why that is, all right? So it's because you have these Im- imbalanced hormones that are happening during that that phase of our monthly cycle that's causing you or is having an effect on the quality and the quantity of your sleep, all right? So PMS-related sleep problems, um, like I said, is driven by hormone imbalances. So like when PMS strikes... You're feeling things like bloating, you're already feeling cranky, you're feeling tired, and you're feeling moody, and all of this is happening the week before your period's supposed to start, and then now you're not getting any sleep. And so that's just going to make all of these PMS symptoms that you may be experiencing feel even worse. And so it also is another vicious cycle, and it's also one that I know firsthand. So, you know, it's something that I've had to work through myself, um, and so I just want to give you guys some tips on how you guys can kind of avoid this as well. All right, so PMS-related insomnia really is, it doesn't discriminate based on age. It can happen basically from the moment you start your period all the way to when you stop having a period. And um, it's something that you need to, you can fix with the right strategies, okay? So what, let's talk about what causes this insomnia the week before your period. And then I'm going to give you some of the strategies that you can implement, okay? So we've talked about this also before, but let's just remind you, the week before your period, when PMS usually strikes for most women, it's called your luteal phase, okay? And during the luteal phase, what happens is you'll have this big surge and then a rapid decline in your estrogen and your progesterone. All right, so when your estrogen and progesterone are balanced in relation to each other, then this rise and fall, it really shouldn't trigger any symptoms at all. It just should feel normal. But what happens is when you have too much estrogen um, relative to your progesterone, 
you have a condition that we've talked also about called estrogen dominance, okay? So if you're familiar with estrogen dominance, this will make a lot of sense to you as well. So you can experience PMS symptoms, including insomnia, when you have um, this condition called estrogen dominance. Estrogen dominance is triggered by a long list of common factors. So one big one, like we've been talking about, is stress, um, lack of self-care, it can come from poor diet, not getting in the nutrients that you need and being nutrient deficient. It can also come from living a very sedentary lifestyle. So, you know, a lot of the jobs that we hold, just our culture kind of, we're just sitting on our butts a lot. You know, we're not getting the kind of movement that we really need. And so if that is your kind of state of life and your job, then try to take extra measures that you can take to try to get yourself up moving. Um, you know, every half an hour or so or whatever you can um, try to fit in in your day. It also can happen, estrogen dominance can also happen because you are being exposed to environmental toxins. So I won't get into it too much in this episode, but I do, I always just recommend that you pay attention not just to the foods that you're eating, but make sure that the foods that you're eating are not exposed to toxins, uh, meaning go for the organic, but also pay attention to the things that you are putting on your body as well. We get a lot of toxins that are put into our system through the skincare products that we use, the cleaning products that we use all of that. So just know that that can definitely lead to estrogen dominance and estrogen dominance is going to lead to a lot of the PMS symptoms that we experience. And is one of the PMS symptoms could be, um, insomnia. All right. So, um, hormone imbalance can be made a lot worse if your progesterone levels are low overall. And this also can affect women of every age, but it happens to be more common for women that are over age 35. This is just a time when our overall progesterone levels just start trending downward during um, perimenopause, right? And so the lower progesterone, what this does is it has a negative um, impact on the production of melatonin, okay? So melatonin is a hormone that our body produces um, that helps us to be able to get good, deep, restful sleep. So you can see how that can be related. If our progesterone levels are not where they should be, then it actually has a direct impact on our body's ability to produce enough melatonin, which is required for us to fall asleep and to be able to stay asleep. So progesterone is like, for all of us girls that are having a hard time and we are dealing with insomnia, progesterone is one of our best friends, all right? Because it promotes relaxation and without enough of it, we will have trouble falling asleep easily and because progesterone is so good for sleep. Um, one of the things that Her Time does, the supplement Her Time, is that that's one of its main jobs is to help our body to be able to naturally produce more progesterone, okay? And so this is why it helps so much um, for a lot of the PMS symptoms that um, we hear about, but especially for that one that we're talking about today, insomnia. All right, so... Um, some common environmental factors that make this uh, whole situation worse, and I kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier, but drinking caffeine, and I know nobody loves me to talk about this one because <laughs> we, if we're tired and we're not getting enough sleep, we naturally are looking for energy, and caffeine is like a quick fix sometimes, but really it's doing us a lot of harm, and um, and it's just making the whole problem worse. And so it's not, it's maybe helping us temporarily, but really it's creating a whole um, 
vicious cycle. I, I keep using that word, but it's just creating a whole cycle that is going to be really hard to get out of, okay? So if you have adrenal fatigue, which you probably do if you're experiencing insomnia and some of the other symptoms that I mentioned before, you, that whole tired but wired whole feeling and everything where you are just laying in bed and you're exhausted, but you can't fall asleep, um, that's definitely a sign that you're dealing with adrenal fatigue. And so some of the causes of that can be micronutrient deficiencies, um, including low levels of magnesium, zinc, or selenium, okay? all If you're low in those three main mi- micronutrients, then it's going to be very hard for you to be able to get good sleep. And, and that can be maybe one of the big reasons why you're having this problem. So make sure, you know, in her time, we definitely have these um, micronutrients available for you, but it doesn't hurt for you to pay attention to the foods that you're eating and make sure that you're getting these um, micronutrients in your body as much as possible. So for instance, magnesium, what it does is it helps promote relaxation, And then selenium, what it does is it helps us to boost progesterone, right? And bring your reproductive hormones back, your estrogen, progesterone back into balance. And also there's a lot of studies that show that zinc also can help improve sleep quantity and quality. So I think I keep saying that it's really important not just to get, um, I have a lot of clients that will say, yes, I get like seven to nine hours of sleep every night. And that sounds perfect, but A lot of them have used different devices or have done sleep studies, and they may be in bed for that amount of time, but they're not actually getting good quality sleep. They're not getting into the deep restorative sleep that they need to in order to be able to reap the health benefits, all right? So it's really important that you're getting these micronutrients, enough of them into your diet so that your body can naturally get that good quality sleep, not just the quantity. All right, let's go into another cause, and we'll just talk about it quickly, but perimenopause. This is when, um, this is the stage of your life right before your body goes into menopause, all right? And and again, we've talked about this before, but we'll go into it just a little bit more. Hormonal fluctuations are, that's just the biggest part of perimenopause. That's the most common thing that we hear about during perimenopause, Um, and one of the biggest side effects of perimenopause is sleepless nights. Um, perimenopause starts when you're, as women, our ovaries begin to move from ovulating um, every single month like clockwork, and then they start kind of being like little hit and miss every month, depending on whether you're going to ovulate or not. And so what this does is it it kind of slows the steady rise of what's called your FSH or your follicular stimulating hormone. And it also can mess with like your, it can cause fluctuating estrogen levels. And over time, these fluctuating hormone levels become um, like waning hormone levels. And then they start, they stop, I should say, signaling the process of ovulation altogether. And once that happens, that's when we actually reach menopause. So think of this as kind of like reverse puberty. It's like we're kind of going in the backwards way through this. It's like everything's kind of slowing down. So let's go back to melatonin, all right? So melatonin, which is our sleep-promoting hormone, also just naturally drops as we get older. And um, a lot of experts experts suspect that it's the decrease of both, both estrogen and melatonin 
um, and the way that these two hormones interact between each other that give rise to those perimenopausal and menopausal sleep complaints. So some of the top strategies, I'll give you three, that I recommend um, to have symptom-free perimenopause because that is possible. That's good news, I think, for all of us because perimenopause, menopause, it's just natural part of life. Um, but it is possible to go through those stages of life without having crazy symptoms. And one of them is um, something that I get into with my clients, and I it's called you know, it's phase-based eating, and it goes along with our four phases of our cycle. There's just certain ways that we can eat to support each phase of our cycle to support um, optimal hormone balance and also metabolism. And so this approach to eating provides the most variety of all of those micronutrients that we need to support our overall hormonal imba- or hormonal balance. So I, you know, can go into a couple of the things that you would need to, but I have some of the nutrients that are so important I've already mentioned, but that's what this whole phase-based kind of eating does. And so, you know, there's a lot that I could go into with this, but I probably won't during this um, podcast, but it basically just ensures that you're getting those key foods at critical times to break down all of the excess levels of estrogen that can cause all of the crazy symptoms um, during PMS and all of the other stages of our life. So it's also, if you're eating the right types of foods during these different phases of life, it's also going to help improve just even the quality of your bleed. Um, It can help support your fertility. It's going to increase your sex drive and give you more energy, and it's going to help you balance your moods, all of the things, right? All of the things that we're trying to strive for, um, it just brings back balance, okay? The other thing is, is I work with women and helping them to know how to exercise smart for their body so that it's an exercise strategy that actually works with the cyclical nature of your 28-day menstrual cycle. All right, so there's times of the month, and I do go into this if you want to go back and listen to the podcast on the Infradian Rhythm. Um, I do go into how there are times of the month when it is a perfect time to be doing our high-intensity training and doing all of that. And then there's other times of the month where you want to bring it back. It's going to be a better time to do some walking, some yoga. Um, Strength training tends to be an awesome strategy, exercise strategy to do any time of the month. But these are things that definitely can have a huge impact um, on how well you do during perimenopause and menopause. Um, or even just if you're dealing with PMS symptoms, it's something to definitely think about. The third little strategy, so I talked about the eating with our cycle and exercising smart for our cycle, but also making sure that you're maximizing your micronutrients, all right? So unfortunately, we just, there's all of these little nutrients that we should be getting into our body every day. And we can eat the most perfectly healthy, you know, whole food diet, and still be deficient in a lot of the nutrients that our body needs. And so this is where supplements come in. And it's kind of now, it's kind of a non-negotiable in order for you to be able to keep your hormones balanced and stable. All right. It's because it's so hard to get the right amount of these nutrients that we need from the food that we're eating for many reasons. But so this is where I I do recommend supplements because they're kind of like your little insurance policy, right? They're your insurance plan. It's like you want to eat as much of the healthy food and get as many nutrients as you can from the food that you're eating. 
But by taking a supplement, what you're doing is you're guaranteeing that you're going to get in some specific micronutrients that your body needs to give you extra support. All right, so for women that are going through perimenopause, um, something that I specifically recommend is making sure that you're getting in a B complex. Um, so if you're taking a multivitamin or her time actually provides this for you as well, but um, make sure that you're getting a good B complex to help with your energy and also to deal with your fatigue. You'll feel a great improvement if you can start getting enough of those nutrients into your diet. Also, magnesium, obviously this is a, a nutrient that I feel is so important for us and so many of us women are very um, deficient in magnesium. But magnesium is very helpful for regular ovulation and it's also very helpful for thyroid function and in order for us to get healthy, high-quality sleep, okay? Also, I mentioned before probiotics because what probiotics do helps to put those good bugs in our gut, and those good bugs are going to help us to metabolize estrogen, and that's hugely important in order to keep our sex hormones balanced. The other supplement that I do recommend is making sure that you're getting in a vitamin D and an omega-3, like, either taking them separately or getting a blend into your body, what these nutrients do is they help to support overall hormonal balance and they also help to increase fertility. All right, so those are just a couple of the things that I definitely would say cause a lot of the issues with insomnia. And so those are just some things that hopefully were helpful for you, give you guys a little more insight about maybe what's going on with your body. Um, sleep does matter. It's so important. We do not want to ignore the signs that we are tired. Um, we don't want to just kind of go along with our cultural, you know, idea that, you know, it's important to push right past, you know, feeling tired and, you know, just to, you know, be tough and be successful that we need to just go above and beyond. It's important. We need to start listening. You know, if we start getting the signals, like we start yawning, it's 9 p.m., then go to bed. Don't think that it's time then to just push through it and be more productive or sneak in another episode of your favorite show or or whatever. Just make sure that you listen to your body and go to bed. And your body will thank you so much. So, you know, go back to how you used to be as a little kid. If you watch little kids, you know, they they kind of just, they know. They just are so in tune with their body. They'll yawn. They'll maybe want to have like a little something to eat and then maybe a little snuggle. But then it's like they just go to bed. They just know it. They don't fight it. Some kids do. I shouldn't say that. But most of the time, they they just kind of work very naturally with their um, natural bodies. Um, natural internal clock or internal rhythm. And it's just kind of as we become adults that we tend to fight fight it, and then we end up causing all of this imbalance, all right? So don't ignore the cues that your body is telling you and make sure that you're listening and following through, paying attention to those signs. Um, go to bed and try to get the kind of sleep that you, you really do need, all right? So let's just go over really quick some of the takeaways. Um, maximize your magnesium. All right. Make sure that you're doing that. Let's try to ditch all of that excess caffeine that we might be putting into our body. I know that we love our morning coffee or our energy drinks or those kinds of things, but just know that coffee is bad for a good night's sleep. No matter what time of day you drink it, it just is really bad for your hormonal balance. And so try to skip it. Um, even your caffeinated teas and things like that, your hormones will definitely thank you. 
Um, also, just make sure you're eating specific foods right, you know, during the right times of the month um, to help promote healthy ovulation that are going to support good, healthy menstrual cycles. Just paying attention to, you know, what's going on with your body. If you go back and you listen to our episode on our infradian rhythm, I do go into more detail on what foods to eat during different phases of our cycle. So you can go back, but just as a little kind of refresher, some things that you can really focus on, especially right after your um, ovulation phase, is to really focus on getting in more of those cruciferous vegetables. Um, They're going to help your body to be able to detox excess estrogen. So things like broccoli, um, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, bok choy, watercress. Um, I don't know. I'm just trying to think as many as I can, but you get the idea. The more effectively that your body can handle this excess estrogen, you know, especially during that time of the month, that second half of your cycle, the easier it's going to be for you to have really great periods and the easier it's going to be for you to fall asleep and be able to get good sleep. Um, okay, another takeaway that we talked about is to boost your progesterone production. So um, using her time is definitely going to help you um, support your progesterone levels. So that's an important um, supplement that you want to have in your in your little health regimen. Um, also, let's just make sure you're tackling stress as much as you possibly can. Doing the things that help your to send safety signals to your brain, deep breathing, meditation, long walks, nice baths, um, Epsom salt baths are awesome. Um, you know, all those things. You can also support yourself um, with some adaptogenic herbs, things like ashwagandha. That's a very, very um, supportive uh, herb for your adrenal glands. And it can help your body to better be able to modulate your stress response. And this obviously will help you fall asleep more easily. So those are some of the things. Um, other things I think are kind of well, I'm, you know, one thing that I think I didn't mention earlier, but so important is to avoid blue light at night. A lot of times, you know, this is my rule, at least for my house, is when the sun goes down and, and I actually need to flip on a light switch in order to see, that's the time that my body needs to kind of keep the lights dim and to not look at my phone or a TV or anything like that because the light that's emitted by your computer or your phone, what it does is it inhibits your body's production of melatonin which is going to obviously interfere with your sleep. So, you know, I did invest in a pair of blue light blocking glasses and I'll put those on kind of at the same time that I start feeling like in order to see, I need to flip on a switch, a light switch. I'll put on those blue um, light blocking glasses and that seems to help me quite a bit as well. So another thing, last tip I think I'll share with you is just, it's a good idea to adopt a nighttime routine. And so, you know, we do this for our kids when they're little. We kind of create a little routine for them. We need to still keep doing this for us as well. So something, a routine that can calm your body and your brains and get your body into that mode that gets you ready for bed. So, you know, it could be a bath, um, listening to soothing music, or how nice would this be? A nice foot or a back rub. I mean, if you can talk your partner into giving you one of those, it's great. But anything that's going to provide you some comfort and some calm before bed is something that is definitely important for you to do. So avoid doing any work. Put your chores off until the, the next day. You know, just kind of put that aside and um, just 
give yourself at least 20 minutes, you know, or even a half an hour, even better, to transition to bedtime. And having this little relaxing ritual before you climb into bed makes such a big difference. And so that's your that's your assignment or your assignments, because I've given you lots of strategies to implement. But over the next couple of weeks, what I hope is that I'm going to start hearing from a lot of you guys that you're getting the best sleep that you have ever gotten and that you're starting to feel even better during the day because of it and that your menstrual cycles, your PMS is disappearing, all of the things. I just hope to hear from you guys that this one little step and strategy to improve your quality of sleep is going to make such a difference in the quality of life that you are enjoying and that's my biggest wish for you. So please reach out if you have any questions. Um, if you have a, your own sleep story that you want to share, I'd love to hear it. We do have a little um, link. If you go to our Instagram bio, you can click on our link tree, and we have a little feature on there that's called SpeakPipe. You guys can actually send in your questions or comments and record them for us and we can use some of your questions and comments for future podcast episodes. I think that would be so fun. So I'm just going to leave that with you guys for this week. I hope you all had a happy Mother's Day last Sunday, and I look forward to getting on here next week with Jess, and we will have another fun episode where we get to learn a little bit more about our bodies and how we can support and give ourselves just a little bit more love and feel our best. All right, till then, you guys, have a fabulous week. listening. This podcast is brought to you by Mixers, creator of Her Time. Her Time is your monthly lifesaver, period. It's an all-natural supplement that you drink with key ingredients known to help you combat your monthly cycle symptoms at the root each and every month. Try it for yourself. You can find us at Mixers.com, M-I-X-H-E-R-S.com, and on social media at mix.hers. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. We are here to talk about what you want to know, so be sure to direct message us with your questions and comments on our Instagram account at mix.hers. We may even ask you to be a special guest. Thanks again. We look forward to hearing from you and continuing the conversation. Mm-hmm.